Welcome to Pilots and Petards Podcast, the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts and potentially everything ado with first episodes of a filmic series. This is your co-hoister Jimbo, and joining us as always is our co-hoister Drew. For folks new to the show, disclaimer, petard is absolutely non-discriminatory, and it is a real word. Petards are explosive devices usually used to take out a door or wall. Thank you, Jimbo, and to be hoisted on a petard is to be hurt or destroyed by one's own plot or device intended for another. So in Eagle Point terms, to be blown up by one's own bomb. And here at Pilots and Petards Podcast, we watch television pilots or the first episode of a series, and we make critical judgments. We decide whether these pilots are awesome and deserve a watch or a rewatch of the preceding series, or we hoist these pilots on their own petards. To hoist or not to hoist Jimbo, that is the question. Join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the short, short, short-lived mid-2000s Fox mystical comedy Wonderfalls will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. Jimbo, why don't you give us the background as to who picked this show and what their background is? Our faithful listener, Steve and Drew's dad, requested Wonderfalls. As to why he chose Wonderfalls, he has a weakness for odd shows with odd concepts like Wonderfalls. He liked Joan of Arcadia, where the protagonist heard voices with challenges to help people. Early Edition, where the actor who played Coach on Friday Night Lights got a newspaper the day before, and then he had to go around and find a problem to solve for the next day. <laughs> and he liked the classic Quantum Leap, where... Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what was once wrong, and hoping each time the next leap will be the leap home. He wishes he could tell what draws him to these types of shows, but he can't. And me, my, my background is very simple. I think Mo's the same. I'd never even heard of this show until it was requested by Steve. Right. Yep. My background on this show is I totally watched this show before my dad, and I told him to watch it. Back in the 2000s, before DVR, before Netflix and whatnot, I used to watch a ton of TV and get invested in shows way too fast, things like Firefly. And so years later, I saw a DVD set. I bought it immediately. Um, there were like four or five episodes that never even aired on TV. I thought it was cool where the show went, but it only appeared on television six times. I watched all six. I am going to add listeners, and for those of you I've been calling you viewers and you've had nothing to view. So um, it was pointed out to me that you are all listeners and I completely agree. So listeners, I think there was some collusion in this, in this week's review. I think Drew was colluding with his father into picking this show, but that's, that's something for another day. I just wanted to bring that up. Interesting. Sounds like fake news there, Jimbo. That sounds like some fake news from a, from a co-hoister with an agenda. Could be. So that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> And since I'm talking viewer, sorry. And since I'm talking <laughs> listeners, I'm going to jump into the 60 second summary. Oh, that's good. I might just maybe add something to view each week, Why and not? then you guys can actually be viewers. Yeah, you do you, Jimbo. You do you. Don't listen to Mo. <laughs> I just thought you would want to know. No, I'm going to listen to Mo because uh, Drew's been cons- colluding against me on that as well. No, so no. Mo, Mo, we brought you here to be a Ringo, not a Yoko. So be a Ringo. <laughs> Add, don't subtract. Excuse me. I want to be. I want to be John Lennon. That's fine. It's fine. He dies first. All right, listeners. Sixty second summary of Wonder Falls. A pathological liar, Jay is the underachieving black sheep in the family. And unlike the rest of her family, she follows the path of least resistance to her unsatisfying life. Jay's life appears to take a turn for the better when objects start talking to her and she goes on a mission to help people. Jay is successful and this pilot has a happy ending. And unless I missed anything, we are going to move on to high points. So Mo, why don't you start us off? kind of captured this in your 60 second summary but the mysticism in this in this episode or this pilot with the objects starting to talk to Jay I, I enjoyed that I kind of liked that fantasy world thing I mean the graphics were pretty lame so it wasn't as high tech as <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that what's that new movie uh, shape of water has ever has anyone seen that or like pan's labyrinth missed it yeah it's a better movie film. But I, I know what you're saying. 
that same feeling of like fantasy and mysticism and like almost childlike excitement, but it, but it kind of got dark a little bit, which I also like. So I, I, those, those, that was my only high point. It was hard to find a high point with this one. It was a, it was a low budget show. That's for (laughs) sure. And I think that's, that definitely comes off right (laughs) off the bat. Yeah. So I, I watched the episode twice. The second time I watched it with the commentary, they talked about the scene where she gets passed up on the promotion and there was like a slow motion shot and it went and showed the lady's mouth as she was talking. There was like saliva all like on the sides of her lips and they shot that scene upside down. So the lady was talking with the camera facing upwards and she was leaning over the camera, like talking above it so that the saliva would fall towards the corners of her lips. And so I think that shows you what kind of budget they, they were working with. The fact that they're doing these weird things to bring out some of the special effects <laughs> is kind of just like a good idea of like what kind of budget that they were working <laughs> with. I mean, even that first scene with the, the princess being sacrificed to the Niagara Falls God or whatever, that was super low budget. They used the mysticism to their advantage. I think they had like a budget they were working with. So a lot of the CGI effects are like real tight shots where you only see the animal or where you only see like her react to it. So I definitely also noticed the limitations of the mysticism. But yeah, that was Moe's right. That's what stands out about this pilot. It was cool because it was supposed to be like a real world. You know, there's a lot of like reality and a lot of like nitty gritty but also the show made this effort to be like, hey, we're winking at you. Something else is going on. So the mysticism was interesting. I agree, Mo. To piggyback off of the mysticism, I like how the opening sets up the mysticism too with that legend. The show kind of evolves around that because the show is taking place in this tourist trap store. And then they're using this tourist trap story that also kind of ends up going into the actual story. So I thought that that aspect of the mysticism really fit well I'll say, you know, I'll save it, actually. My high point was the dialogue. And I think if we compare it to last week's Dawson Creek, where I thought the dialogue was really shitty, I think this dialogue was a lot more interesting. It was it was more of a literary taste where where the characters, it's not normal conversations. And may, maybe some aspects were, but I'm specifically thinking about the dialogue between Jay and the bartender and maybe even a few other aspects too, where it's like, it's not, it's not cliche dialogue that you would expect from real life. It's kind of quirky, but, but also kind kind of cool. And I wish I would have maybe wrote down or remembered, but even the dialogue between Jay and, and her friend, that's the waitress was, was good as well. Yeah. It was more digestible than, and like believable than Dawson's Creek was. Um, I like the interplay between Jay and her best friend a lot more than I did between her and the bartender. I was like, Hmm. Uh, I didn't think the bartender was a very good actor. I thought he was a dude with like some real intense dimples, but not a lot of acting ability to go along with those very, very good, proportionate, awesome dimples. <laughs> that that's very fair. He's just a good-looking dude. He that that's that's his claim to that show. Like they just like we just need a good-looking dude to like. Step I think he's in an average-looking dude with like spectacular. I don't dimples. know, man. Watch it again. Mo, what do you think? Jump in, Mo. I definitely think he's average. Mediocre. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because because I because I was going to comment that this show, unlike our previous shows, instead of it being a show about good-looking white people, this was just a show about white people that had some some non-white supporting characters. I thought that that bartender guy was the only good good-looking guy in the show. Jay's dad is an old handsome man. Well, he kind of looks like Giles. Giles is a handsome man. Actually, yeah, I don't think he's good looking. I'd have to go back and, and rate him a little a little more, but I didn't see it that way. But like her her brother wasn't that attractive. Her sister wasn't that attractive. Her mom's probably the most attractive woman in there. Jimbo, we should we should be so lucky to look that good when we're Jay's dad's age. I'm gonna remind you that you said that. I never claimed to be good looking, okay? I, I would I could easily play a non good looking guy in a TV show. <laughs> you have distinguishing features, Jimbo. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I, my nose is way too big. If I was if I could take away my big nose, I, I might be a little better looking. Oh my gosh! And I'll probably be bald by the time I get that old. So <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. We and we are getting yeah, off topic. Are. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to low points. <laughs> so many. There's a, there are a lot. There's a lot. 
I'm going to start off with one brief low point that I couldn't help but notice. This is a ripoff of Earl. Her like whole premise and like trying to be a good person is just stealing right from Earl, man. Just theft, big time theft. Which one came first? When was My Name is Earl released? Yeah, My Name is Earl came out in 2005. Earl was first. When did Wonderfalls get released? That's 2006. Check, check. My Name is Earl is 2005. Wonderfalls came out in 2004. What? Ooh. Yep. Oh, shit. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> All right. Well, they are original. <laughs> yep. Damn. Well, it's still, well, Earl did it better. Earl, yeah, Earl's the homage. You know, those four seasons of My Name is Earl is just a really big Wonderfalls, <laughs> like, you know, uh, fan fiction. So. <laughs> There's no way Greg Garcia watched Wonderfalls. <laughs> no one watched Wonderfalls. No one watched Wonderfalls. Yeah. Okay. Well, man. <laughs> Listeners, I am like oh for four or five by now. Let's let's hope I can turn things around. <laughs> Mo, low point. So I think we briefly talked about my low point a little bit and how um, inappropriate. Well, but also I think it's like forgiven because they were so low budget, but the inappropriate, awkward, costumey inter- like presentation of Native Americans in that first scene, and that was just like an, a weird way to start a show. Like it's just like not good to immediately start offending people in the first like three minutes. But I mean, I guess you said you liked the dialogue Jimbo, but comparing it to Dawson's Creek, like, yeah, it's more digestible and for the layman, but I thought it was kind of overall pretty tasteless and shallow and kind of tacky. The actual, specifically the dialogue, the dialogue, but then also, yeah, because the dialogue kind of carried the whole story. And I thought the whole thing was kind of trying to be overtly like arrested development kind of humor but just failing miserably at it and coming off in really, it it just, it didn't appeal to me at all. The set, the clothing, the characters, the dialogue, all of it. It's a fine line to walk with like an unlikable protagonist or like a protagonist who's not particularly admirable. You got to have some redeeming features. And it was hard because Jay kind of didn't seem to have those redeeming features. And then also was kind of, you're right, was saying some tacky shallow shit. I actually appreciated that part. Like I, and I'll save that for uh, my MVP. But I could see the archetypes of the characters were really lame. I think Drew's going to mention it next. But also the Valley Girl that she went to high school with. Oh yeah, that was just a really lame and stupid scene. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that one of my dangling threat. That was one of my favorite scenes, and I want us to talk about it. I'm very interested. I'll I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. Let's move into one of your low points because I also think that the Texas lady or whoever she was was also like playing off of like an archetype as well. They weren't stereotypes based off racial characters at least, but the archetype characters I thought were just poorly done. I'll get into my low point. Yeah, maybe race is not the way this person is defined, but more by socioeconomic class. But this show punches down a lot. And when I say punches down, I mean that like this show gets its laughs from people without a lot of institutional power or the people who are making the jokes have more institutional power than the people who are on the punchlines. It doesn't mean that you joke about. Can you give a couple examples? Yeah, here's the best example. It's just the, the, the Midwestern woman. Presumably Jay is our protagonist. So presumably we're like identifying with Jay. That's a real person. There's a lot of like Midwestern women who sound like that and. You know, maybe if you are the checkout clerk or whatever at the souvenir shop, yeah, that person's terrible. And we've all had retail jobs, so we all identify with that. But she's got a point. She should get her discount. And I would want my discount back now, too. Like, I'm an adult. I have a mortgage. I have a kid. Like, I should get a discount because it's on the coupon. But they're really punching down with her. She's a stereotype without a redemptive value. She doesn't have an arc. She's there for laughs and the thing is she's not institutionally powerful like you know everyone who's on this show is like really smart elite east coast and then they're making fun of the people from middle america and a lot of people in middle america watch these shows and they don't want to be the punchline and also like there's a lot of pot shots at poor people and people who live in trailer parks like when she comes back and meets the older sister she's talking about this one kid in the trailer park who was eating spaghettios out of a can and staring at her um, they're making fun of poor people and doesn't mean that like people who grow up poor and shit can't make fun of that or relate that experience, but it doesn't seem like that's the viewpoint they're coming from. And it doesn't seem like there's any redemption or arc to the people they're making fun of for the most part. So I thought that was quite a bit of punching down. 
a little too much for my liking. What do you think, Jimbo? What do you think, Mo? I definitely have a comment. I think, Drew, you're totally right where they use that. Was she from Texas? Did they ever say? They just kind of gave her a weird like Southern accent, right? More Midwestern. I thought Texas, Oklahoma. Okay. But yeah, no, that is, that's a good observation. Like they just brought her there to almost show somebody be worse than Jay was because she didn't have any redeeming qualities, but I found myself being annoyed with Jay and kind of siding with Jay, even though as you're like describing it, you're totally right. Like she deserves her discount. And, and they even like twisted the knife when they told her that, okay, you, ma'am, you've saved $3 and 20 cents or something, which is even more insulting. Like she's tripping over $3. But yeah, I think that I think her, her purpose was to just make the viewers side with Jay a little bit. But then Jay was in the trailer park too. And then they talk shit on her. I didn't see it the same way as Drew in the, in the opening scene with her. I felt in the opening scene, it's Jay. Jay's a bitch and she's acting like a bitch. There's no reason she can't give the chick her 15% discount or, or whatever. So I thought it, it was exploiting how negative and just how miserable Jay is in life. So I thought the first time that, that we met that lady, it went well. The second time when we meet her and then Jay does the right thing, she returns her purse and then the lady's being a bitch uh, back. Like I didn't, I thought that was, that was punching down. Like the lady probably would have been like, she accused her of stealing her wallet and then she ends up punching her in the face. And it was just, it was a tacky laugh I thought. And I, but I didn't think it was funny. Yeah, no, you're totally right, Jimbo. I think the feelings of me siding with Jay were in that second scene. I'm mixing it up, but you're right. Did she punch her in the face? How did I miss that? The Midwestern woman punches her in the face. She does something. She puts her hand up or something. Jay's like, look how look how raw my knuckle knuckles are from yeah. like knocking a lot of things. Um, you can get punched for that. Oh shit. <laughs> I know, but dude, the Midwestern woman was that was her opportunity to maybe have a redeeming quality or to maybe because she's doing she's trying to do the right thing. And like I get I get how they want her to keep would it have been better if the lady was more acceptance? I just thought that scene was didn't really fit in. That made me feel more bad. Like the daughter just made it feel like even worse because they just gave the daughter such a thick accent. And they made her such a pathetic character, you know, like you feel bad. Like that's just like um, I know that all art is emotional manipulation. But again, that feels like it's coming at the expense where you're like, look at that poor kid and look at her terrible life and look at her terrible mom. It's like pitiful. Yeah, right. Her terrible mom. Yeah, exactly. That girl was almost a crab man until I just looked at the whole thing and I was like, no, like they're totally just shitting on her. No, that's true. No, that's true. I didn't realize it was so complicated until now we're talking about it. I like to ruin things, Mo. That's what I'm doing over here. Just just ruining <laughs> art and your experience. I just didn't, I generally didn't like anyone to be honest, but it was kind of sad for them to present someone in such pitiful ways. I felt the same as Mo. I really wanted to like Jay. I if I could have just twisted her character a little bit, I think I would have liked her. And like I said, I'm the, I'm I'm going to talk specifically about it in the dangling thread. So I think we can move on. Do we have Do we have any other low points? Probably. No, I mean it's it was low. All right, listeners, we are moving on to the Crab Man Award, and I'm going to have to say that that I thought the show was was rather crabless. I didn't necessarily like any of the characters. Actually, kind of going off of what I just mentioned. And so there wasn't really anyone that did anything to me that was that was anywhere near crabbish. Same Jimbo. I also declare this a crabless pilot. Everyone was kind of just boring and annoying and not very relatable. It was kind of just like grasping for anything to like about this pilot. Although I am I am going to mention Adam Scott because in the pilot I viewed, he was her little brother. I just love him and almost going to give him the, the crab man just for pure fandom. But you destroyed my image because you guys didn't apparently watch the pilot where he was not the little brother. If our listeners want to fact check me, but Adam Scott was in the pilot that I saw. Yes, listeners. So so there was an original pilot that, that they created. And then six months later, they refilmed the pilot for the first episode. And there was a different actor for Adam Scott. So they, they did the pilot twice. So if you have any problems with the pilot, that was the second time, the one that we watched was the second time they had filmed that. So they should have been a little more on top of their game. <laughs> yeah. This is a crabless episode. I'm not even going to waste your time. 
listeners on like throwing something out Thank there you. for discussion. This is a crabble episode. I can move on. And I think I think we will. All right. And now a word from our sponsor. Have you always wanted to start a podcast? No more excuses. Be the podcast you want to see in the world at Dude Bro Podcasting. We know how hard it is for white dudes to get into podcasting these days. So DB Podcasting has made it easier than ever for a white guy to get a bone. You don't need any tech skills or friends. DB Podcasting supplies everything you need. We have computer-generated dude bro personalities waiting to co-host your podcast. Fill out our easy 17-part survey in your adjustable show format. Topics, hosts, and guests will be ready to record right now. Sign up today and you can see your DB podcast on iTunes tomorrow for a free 30-day trial. Put in the promotion code PETARDS. And by the way, here at Pilots and Petards, we aren't only the advertisers, we're also the clients. Back here at Pilots and Petards, and we're ready to move into the MVPs. And uh, Jimbo and Mo, I feel kind of strongly, so if you don't mind, I'd like to uh, kick off this MVP. My MVP, as well as my relationship with the show, has become more complicated, but here's my MVP, and this is going to give you an insight into how sad my life is sometimes, because this is how I spend like my time before I married my wife, but... I learned a lot about this show after I bought the DVD and watched all of it and listened to the commentaries. My MVP is this show's potential and where it was going to go and kind of how I'm super bummed because Fox Network is stupid. The conceit of this show was originally it was going to be revealed over the course of like two to three seasons in a big arc is that Jay is not crazy or Jay is not just hearing voices. Jay was actually being spoken to through inanimate objects that were in fact God. Jay was actually going to be a modern Joan of Arc figure because she knew that God was talking to her, but no one else could hear. So, you know, you either had to believe Jay or not. There was going to be this little arc where her little brother would become her first disciple. And it was going to explore these cool ideas about prophets and belief. And this is just such bullshit because like that's such interesting, cool ideas. And Fox just fucked it up. Like God is not dead. Got a sequel. And only five of this episode of these shows aired. Like, that's injustice. Like, fuck you, Fox. You did this to Firefly. You put it on Friday night, and then you didn't advertise it, and then it got shitty ratings. And you were like, look, I'm right. Joss Whedon is wrong. He'll direct the Avengers, but I don't know what we're talking about. And fucking Freaks and Geeks. And Undeclared. Fuck you, Fox. Erico, that was like CBS or ABC. It's not the same network. But you guys always fuck over these interesting shows that never grow. Ah, I can't even think of a bad show that has like 10 seasons right now, but they're there. Oh, fucking Two and a Half Men. Fuck Mm. you, CBS. (laughs) So MVP, this show could have done something that wasn't on TV at the time. I'm done. Well, Mo, I think think we can see why this show was canceled. I'm not sure what Drew's talking about. Yeah, potential this, potential that, but (laughs) the first show show was not looking like a show that's going to get a second season. (laughs) Yeah, I yeah, I wonder if how different the pilots we watched now that I know I watched the original pilot if they actually refilmed the whole thing. Yeah, what if Mo watched the other pilot and just like loved it? <laughs> it doesn't sound like she did. <laughs> no. I mean, a lot of the things are sounding the same, but I feel like we watched the same pilot. I think I may have watched the same pilot as you. Maybe Drew watched the other one. I'm not sure. Maybe he watched the better one. Um, is <laughs> You know, it seems like you guys saw the same shit I did. Yeah, we definitely did. To uh, to a comment off the potential, though, that show seems like a bit of a stretch. Joan of Arc from talking wax lions and, and, and teddy bears at a gift store at Niagara Falls in a little tourist trap town. I don't know, man. They did research. Apparently, there is like historical precedent of people who believe they were prophets being spoken to solely through inanimate objects like animals. They, oh, they did research. It was kind of cool. I, If you don't want to watch Wonderfalls, that's fine. I would recommend reading about it a little bit. You might not do that. I mean, I'm all for a, a symbolic metaphors and whatnot, but this it was not w- well done, especially if you're trying to be Joan of Arc, who was a motherfucking badass. Maybe she was like Jay. 
Maybe Joan of Arc. No, Jay sucked. Maybe she was she's a miserable bitch selling things at a gift store. No, Joan of Arc was a badass. <laughs> yeah, because God talked to her and she became a badass. She she didn't start off that way, Mo. God had to talk she to probably her. Probably wasn't, dude. Jay had to get talked to by some stuff. You know, she Joan of Arc started somewhere. Joan of Arc was Joan at some point. She sure was. Disagree. <laughs> she had a sword and fought bitches. Not which we're talking about pre, you know? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Jay's going to go somewhere. There's a before and after. She wasn't born jo- Joan of Arc coming out the wound. A little Bluetooth talking to God. I know, but I'm pretty sure even with just with Joan, just as plain old Joan, she was a badass. Uh, I guess that could Podcast be. Podcast listeners, do the research for us. Tell us about <laughs> Joan of Arc and her early life. If my cousin's listening, she loves Joan of Arc. So shout out, Christina, do your research. Moving on. So, Mo, you have an MVP. Hit us with it. Dude, I have an MVP? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Are you MVP-less? Wasn't I going to give it to... Oh, the Wax Lion. Okay. Wax Lion. Okay. Why? You get an MVP award. You give it to whoever you want. I don't know. I just, I just liked his little deformed face. And I actually... That's one of the few scenes I was like, okay, this is actually kind of artsy and cool. Which was when they, they showed the Wax Lion being made. They must that must have been on the higher end of their budget, but I liked that scene a lot. And then when I saw that it was this deformed little lion, I I liked it. That's I mean, it's probably where some of their special effects budget went. That those probably weren't easy shots to get. No, they weren't. They, they were the most impressive to me. So that's BS. That lion was fine. She should have just taken it. She acted like it was like the worst mark ever, and like you could barely notice that it was dented. Why are you freaking out about buying a lion at the Niagara Falls? What's up with that? His face was pretty messed up. <laughs> that scene is the reason that that the lady that the lady was in there. She had to bring the lion to Jay's life. She didn't have to be a bitch when she brought the purse back to get back to that again. You know, sorry, sorry, listeners, we don't have to 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 get back to that again. So Mo wax lion check Jimbo. How about you? I'm I'm just going to comment and the fact that that Mo's MVP is the wax lion gives you an idea of the quality of this show in in the eyes of Mo. <laughs> now, now we had now we had talked about Jay yeah. a bit. I loved her negativity. I I think the fact that she's kind of a miserable character as a protagonist, I really like that. In fact, I would have maybe even liked to have dove in more into that, where maybe she's a little more resistant, and maybe that's the conflict that that she has to overcome instead of getting in a fight with the lady from the Midwest. That that could be that turning point segment that we never incorporated into the show. What what do you think about that, Mo? Let's say let's say let's say the main conflict in the show was Jay overcoming her just negativity in life mm, versus her being some weird savior. Maybe versus her having to have all these problems with her family and with the lady from the Midwest. Maybe if the lady from the Midwest had been the focus of the story instead of getting her sister laid. She was only getting her sister late because the bear told her to, or the lion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. She was. She was trying to figure out what the, or was it the monkey? She's. She's trying Somebody. to figure out what the monkey or the lion wanted. Right. I think that goes against Drew's potential. I'm not sure if that's what God would have wanted to give the lady her purse back. Come on, so that your sister can come pick you up out of jail. And you can get punched in the face. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I guess it's okay. Hey. hey, hey. God works in mysterious ways, Jimbo. He sure does. I'm not sure he wants two women to get to get together, though. That that seems to go against God's wishes, from from my uh, understanding. <laughs> right. Well, you have to explain to the listeners, right, that Jay set into motion that her her sister coming out of the of the closet. And you know what? That's that that's a positive thing. That that yeah. Maybe we push, we should have mentioned that in the MVP. I mean, the high points at least. That was definitely a positive aspect. And like I mentioned in the 60-second summary, it's a happy ending. Everyone kind of gets their way besides the poor lady from the Midwest. Yeah, and, and her daughter. The security guard, he finds a smoking hot girlfriend. Ew, that sponge bathing scene was weird. Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a strange thing. It was strange, yeah. yeah. Dude, she was like just straight up stroking him, and he was just hell loving that, dude. Like you know, he was just having a raging boner, probably almost as big as Drew's nostalgia boner for this one. The big nostalgia boner. I was wearing some nostalgia sweatpants too. It, it was, was weird. It was uncontrollable. 
Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, it was nice that Jay was so accepting, but did anybody like Bonner like catch the line where like Jay's like, "You're a lesbian." This explains so much. And then the sister's like, "What does that mean?" And I was like, "Yeah, what does that mean?" Or you drive an SUV. I was like, dang. I was like, is that a stereotype? Yeah, I, like, that I stereotype? thought that was weird. I guess. I never heard that stereotype. I thought family people drove SUVs that like didn't want a van. <laughs> they wanted to still kind of be cool so they get an SUV so that their kids <laughs> won't get smashed up in a car accident. <laughs> oh, yeah, like God. rich white people stuff, I guess. Not necessarily lesbians. Yeah, isn't that the purpose of the SUV? <laughs> Weird assumptions, Jay. Didn't you go to college? <laughs> no, okay. Oh, that's another thing. Let's move on to dangling threads. Let's move on to dangling threads, because I think that's where we'll talk about Jay's college. Listeners, we're moving into dangling threads. And let me let me jump on this one, Jimbo, because I think I know where you're going. So for all the for all the faults of this show, I think this show does bring up some interesting ideas to discuss or talk about. And one of those is Let's go back to that Valley Girl um, conversation because Jay has some issues with her station in life and where life has taken her and that those issues cause her conflict with her family. So my question is, what does Wonderfall say about presumption of success and what society and Jay's family see as successful? Because Jay went off and got her philosophy degree and... She has chosen to live in a trailer park and she has chosen to work at a souvenir shop and she appears to be miserable about this and her family appears to disapprove. Yeah, let me jump in. Save that question and then and then ask it again. Drew, I know you know the answer because you watched all the episodes. Me as a viewer of this show, I have no reason to believe that she actually has a philosophy degree or went to Brown. She's a liar. She lies to everyone she talks to the entire show. I don't see her as someone that went to college. I see her as she just lied about that because she's talking to that chick that she knows from high school. I do not see her as a philosophy major. In fact, when she starts telling her, her friend that she's, that she's hearing objects, her friend has to give her like a psychology 101 lesson. And she sits there and listens to it. Like she has no idea like what's going on. Interesting. So I do not see her as being educated. I see her as being that underachieving person that I mentioned in the 60 second summary. Just straight up pathological lying. Because she doesn't want that girl to know that she's a loser. Well, okay, then then talk about that. Talk about her presumably being a loser then. Like, is she a loser if she's living the life she wants to live? Because it kind of seems like she's upset about her life or about where she thinks she should be. And she's 24. Like, maybe when I was like 16 or 17 or 18 when I thought this show was very cool, I was like, yeah, you got to figure your shit out by 24. Now I'm just like... You do you, you know, like it doesn't matter what your family thinks. Like if you can pay your bills, you know, like figure it out as you go. I kind of thought that Jay was being like real freaking judgy about herself. Mo, jump in here. I never, I totally just took her word for it when, when she said that. But now you could be right, Jimbo. Although I thought the, the little Valley girl mentioned it to her like, oh, I thought you went to college. I thought you went to whatever university and whatever. So I don't know. Like, why would she, why would she lie if the other girl brought it up? Because I don't think she wants the other girl to know that she maybe for whatever reason she didn't go. You think she dropped out or something? Or yeah, she or she dropped out. Judging by her family, her family could probably get her into Brown, and then maybe you know because she's that that black sheep in the family that drops out. No, I was just going to agree that it's actually probably really likely. I feel I feel scammed by Jay. <laughs> I feel like I fell into her lying trap. Mo, can you comment on on Drew's question about about how society views her in her decision? Because I definitely have some views on that, but I'd like to give you the opportunity first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I missed. I I didn't answer that question. I think I wanted to believe that lie, that potential lie, I guess that Jay gave in that in that first scene with the Valley Girl, because who who can't identify with? being a new grad and having all these expectations from people around you after you graduate from college and you having to some sort of live up to this, I don't know, imaginary expectation that you're not even setting for yourself. Like everyone else is telling you what you need to do, but they won't exactly like qualify it. I mean, I know I worked at fucking Nordstrom after I graduated from college. So that was a relatable moment with me and Jay. So it's, it's interesting to think about it in on a, like as a representation of society and the pressures that we put on our young people. 
Mo, okay, let's say let's say some valley girl that you went to high school with, and I know you went to high school with a lot of them, <laughs> walks into Nordstrom's and sees you, 24-year-old Mo. Are you going to lie about what you're doing in life? Uh, are you going to try and cover up the fact that you're working a retail job that you could have got out fresh out of high school? Um, I mean, no. What would I, – I just – I'm a bad liar also. And then also I was waiting to get accepted into the Peace Corps. So that's another thing. And I think that's the point that Drew is trying to make. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Drew. It's the fact that, that Jay thinks – that it's unacceptable or like she's ashamed of what she's doing. Is that kind of the point that you're bringing up drew? Because, because I do have an additional comment. Well, that is the point I'm trying to make. And I mean, it also comes to punching down because it's kind of showing Jay's family as like all of these people with postgraduate degrees, dad's a doctor, mom's something where she's very wealthy. Sister's a lawyer, brothers, some kind of overeducated lout. I watched the rest of the show. I don't think Jay's lying, but that's a really interesting take on it. Kind of like when I thought that all of Glee was taking place in Rachel Berry's head. You thought I was incorrect, but oh well. Um, but no, I think this show is I think this show is condescending because, yeah, they are making Jay seem like a loser. And like a lot of people have shitty jobs after they get out of college. So it's more the issue that she felt compelled to lie to cover a sense of like shame that she felt in that moment. But even if you're, per- even if you guys are presuming she's lying, but even if she's not lying, even if she went and got an oh, Ivy right. League like, <laughs> degree, and like, I don't think she's lying because like, she does kind of talk about some philosophy stuff. And James, I don't know why you think that like, just because she's a philosophy major, she would know anything about psychology. Like, <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that's a narrative device that they're just introducing it. But someone from Brown is going to have taken a f- psychology class. I never took a psychology class and I have a degree. You didn't go to Brown. Why is Brown a world renowned psychological <laughs> university? You're buying out the hype, my dude. Um, well, that's fair. Char- I didn't think she Char- was lying. No, Drew, Drew is well educated, listeners. I'm just messing with okay, him. No. I'm just saying a, liber- a liberal arts degree does not mean you have to take every single class. And I don't know, maybe she does know more about psychology. It might have just been like lazy storytelling. But no, I think this show's punching down and saying, like, she's yeah. the villain because she has all this education, but she's not doing anything with it. Right. Jay's happy in a trailer park. It could have been framed that way. I didn't see it that way because because I think a big distinction is the fact that she mentions to her parents, she's like, she's like, I thought it'd be a lot easier to be dissatisfied, you know, like like in and, and that's why I mentioned in my 60 second summary, she's taking the path of least resistance to her unsatisfying life. Everyone in her family is unsatisfied. They're all miserable. So why go and be a lawyer just to be miserable when you could be when you could sell <laughs> postcards and VCR tapes at the gift store and be miserable. I didn't see it as, as being a negative portrayal through her. I did see it being like a negative portrayal, like that cheap shot joke at, at the kid in the trailer park. Like it doesn't matter what you do. If you're miserable in life, then you're doing the wrong thing. That's kind of how I saw it. And that's why I like Jay's negativity. She's miserable in life and she knows she's miserable in life. She knows that it doesn't matter. Like she, changing her job is not going to make her not miserable. And I think that's why these inanimate objects are speaking to her because it's like something else that maybe that maybe she wouldn't have found. You know, she's not going to find happiness by doing whatever philosophy majors from Brown do, which I have no reason to believe that she actually is. We we pull that thread. Yep. Yeah. Comments? No. No. Can can we end on that one? Can we move on? I guess. I mean, I think we can actually build on that and talk about being miserable and depressed and circle back to the dangling thread you were going to mention earlier, Jimbo, which is mental health. I am really on the fence about her portrayal of mental illness because we, we talked about this briefly off mic. I see Jay as a schizophrenic. That's the way when I was watching this show, I was like, dude, she's schizophrenic and they're kind of like downplaying it and are trying to play it like she's, I don't know, like like that was that was my portrayal of her that that I didn't quite get, and and that's why I thought the the one scene was tacky too, where her friends like, oh no, dude, like that's totally cool, like people always do that, and I think there is a distinction, like if if you all of a sudden start hearing voices like that coming from objects and you can't make their like lips stop moving and you're like screaming at them to shut up, I mean I looked up the definition for schizophrenia and I think it's more long term, but I would say this character is developing a mental illness probably due to maybe 
depression or just hating her life or or maybe who, who knows. But then I guess the whole like mystical part of what she's hearing is telling her to do things that actually have meaning and that create happiness, at least in this first episode. You know what I mean? It like kind of takes it a step beyond just she's hearing inanimate objects talk to her, but it's actually something more divine. But if but if you look at schizophrenics, like if you look at uh, a famous schizophrenic, um, John Nash. Right. That's the Beautiful Mind movie. It would be God. Like I would think or like a special message or like a deeper meaning like that. Those are the type of things. I would say this about the portrayal of mental illness and mental health in this show is to me, it sounds like a lot of pop culture psychology, like a lot of things that people have said, a lot of things that writers have said. I don't think the therapist, I don't know. I mean, I haven't had adult therapy, but. I feel like the things that therapists were asking Jay were like very standard or very typical. How does that make you feel? Tell me about your mother. Like those feel like kind of touchstones that in our cultural canon, we identify as, you know, things that psychologists would say. Does an analyst or psychologist actually say those things? I bet you it would depend on like what you say to them. But I feel like this show is kind of playing on those archetypes, stereotypes. Yeah, that was an example of one. I wouldn't show this show to people and be like, hey, like, doesn't that look like this or doesn't it look like that? Because I think it's exaggerated. And also, I think I think Mo's right. The fact that like the voices end up being right makes a big difference to me. What do you mean being right? How are they right? She found the purse. It took her to the thing. Like, It didn't say go find the purse. I know because God works in mysterious ways, my bro. Well, we don't even know that that's God if we're just playing off of the the pilot and not off of the what they wanted the the series to be i know but i mean but even before i listened to drew's explanation on this being or her being potentially a joan of arc type of character there was something like at play here like something greater greater than everyone in this little niagara falls town that was like being channeled through through her character like it, it felt more like like i said like a divine intervention versus just a coincidence those interpretations are made by by the character because there's no there's no actual divine I- intervention from the viewer's standpoint. Uh, except that the wax lion talks. Like we see the wax lion talk. Yeah. That doesn't usually happen. Right. You know, the quarter the quarter like rolls all over the place. You know, she has to follow the quarter. Listeners, you're obviously seeing my my take on the supernatural possibilities. So so I am coming from this as a person that that doesn't believe things can talk, obviously. Yeah, we're going to play a game called Guess the Atheist Host. I think you'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I think I said what I had to say. Let's just get this clear. Does anyone besides me think she has a mental illness? No. I, I will, yeah. I think she's depressed. Um, I wouldn't okay. even give her that. Maybe she is. Okay, maybe I shouldn't take that away from her, but... I think, I don't know if she's so much as she just like sees society as bullshit, you know, like maybe she kind of sees through the bullshit and maybe that is depressing. I would say no, no mental illness. I mean, who knows what was wrong with that girl, but, and it's normal to be depressed after you graduate or let's go back to that, but you're working in a gift shop and it seems like her family is kind of annoying and like treat her in a not very nice way. I don't know if that's true. Like, it seems like her sister She's the one that's a bitch to her sister. Yeah, her her mom definitely comes off as being like overbearing. Yeah, definitely way overbearing. So so yeah, like like her mom deserves that. I don't necessarily think her sister does. It seems like Jay shits on her sister their whole lives. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, it seems like there's a whole seems like there's a whole Jimbo Johnny situation going on there. Oh my! Well, <laughs> when when we get when Drew finally makes time and we we can hash out you know the Johnny incidences, you're gonna change your Change your perspective, sir. Are you saying Johnny's the J and you, you are the put upon sister? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying something else. <sighs> Johnny totally listens every week. I love it. It's <laughs> my sister does not listen to this podcast so I can say whatever I want. Nice. My dad does though. So I should be nice. <laughs> okay. So Mo, uh, watch or rewatch? No. Fair enough. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> Jimbo, do you want to describe your feelings about watching or rewatching? I'm not going to keep watching this show either. 
I don't think I hated it as much as Mo did, but I'm not really interested in seeing the rest of it. And the potential, I'm actually even less interested in in the potential. So I would be more interested to watch it if she was just straight up schizophrenic and maybe she ends up going like a mental hospital or something and goes into like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I, I would be way more interested in like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Wonder Falls. Jay is very... I, I think she would act very much like the main character, Jack Nicholson, not going to remember the name, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Because, like, Johnny. Again, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. yeah, Johnny saw through the bullshit. Johnny saw through the bullshit, just like Jay does. Yeah. And we called him crazy. I am not going to rewatch it, but I would recommend that um, Mona's cousin, who's really into Joan of Arc, watch it. <laughs> you know, because maybe, maybe she'd, she'd like it. Maybe. Mo and Jimbo, let me ask you this question. Should should Steve, should my dad rewatch this? So Steve, I would like you to rewatch Wonderfalls, at least the pilot with maybe a more crit- critical eye. There, there's a lot of weak points in, in that episode. So, so I would be curious for you to critically watch it one more time and see if it holds up as well as, as you recalled. I don't think it was a quantum leap. Let me say that. I've never seen quantum leap. Oh my God, Mo. Quantum leap is amazing. Really? Listeners, if you would like to see us analyze Quantum Leap, why don't you hop on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and write us a review? Spoiler alert, the <laughs> Quantum Leap intro music will be my MVP. Spoiler. <laughs> if you if okay. you enjoy Drew Acapella, tune into our eventual Quantum Leap episode. And listeners, if you do not want that, give us some feedback so as editorial I can justify <laughs> cutting those those acapellas. <laughs> Mo, Always Sunny does does a quantum leap. It is freaking hilarious. It's the one where they wake up and they're all black people. Have you seen that show? This, uh, listeners, this is way off topic, but have, have you seen that Always Sunny? You should go watch it right oh now <laughs> when we finish recording. It is that good. I'll note it. I'll note it. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's like a musical, and I know we're way Jimbo, off topic. Put it, put it on the petardar. Put it on the petardar, Jimbo. Yes, okay. Yes. Now, Mo, should my dad watch this show? I don't want to make your dad feel bad that he watched all the episodes. So go ahead, Steve. You rewatch it. Maybe you'll realize why, what draws you to these things. So yes, I, I would say go ahead and rewatch it. Also, can I correct myself? His name was not Johnny. It was Randall. Okay. Okay. I didn't think it was Johnny. It was not. It was not Johnny. Here's Johnny's the other Jack Nicholson movie where, oh, where he plays like yeah I can't believe I didn't make shiny okay. yeah yeah make that up Drew final word Dad keep watching those weird shows you know someone's got to watch those weird shows <laughs> some of them catch on some of them don't there's this new show coming out in March called Rise on NBC where it's like it's like Glee but for real you should watch that I'll watch it we'll talk about it maybe maybe it'll be on the podcast but keep watching those weird character-centric shows with little little things going on in the background. I'll keep watching them too. Love you, Dad. Okay, I can move on. Sweet. And now for the moment you've all been waiting for, <laughs> to hoist or not to hoist, that is the question. So we're, we're going to let Drew go last. Mo, hoist or not hoist, what's it going to be? I'm going to have to hoist it. I was really on the fence when when I when I finished watching it. I wasn't sure if I was going to hoist it or not. Actually, enjoyed it more than Glee, what? and I hoisted Glee. Oh, go back and listen, Mo. That was that was a battle. That was a battle. I fought for Glee. Oh my gosh! I wish I was on. I was on that episode, so I I would have taken your side, Drew. You know it, Mo. You did not rewatch the pilot episode of Glee, so you can't say that. I do think it's about the same quality as Supernatural, or no, it's it's less than Supernatural. And, Su- and Supernatural was right on the fence, so I'm gonna have to hoist Wonderfalls, but 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 it wasn't it wasn't a clear hoist for me. It wasn't a Glee or a or a Seventh Heaven or a Buffy. And now Drew, doesn't really matter what you say. <laughs> now that you've heard both of our opinions, comparing things is fun, and I do it all the time. So. Jimbo, Supernatural was less problematic, but I think it was a worse pilot. So this is this is not a great pilot. I'm going to hoist it. The highs of Dawson's Creek were very high, and the lows weren't that low. Well, here's the thing about Wonderfalls. The highs of Wonderfalls were not that high, 
and the lows were quite low. That's not a winning combination. That's a hoist. I wanted to hear what you guys had to say. Boom. Boom. <laughs> so Jimbo, why don't you announce this one? Hoisted by unanimous decision. Wonderfalls. Explosion. And now we are moving on to Petardar. Drew, if someone liked or did not like Wonderfalls, what's a show that, that is either better or of similar quality? I went with a few shows of similar quality because my, my MVP stands strong. Fuck you, Fox. Fuck you, network executives. Fuck you for undermarketing these great shows. Go find Firefly. It's a fantastic show. 13 episodes killed before it's time. Fuck you, Fox. Undeclared. 11 episodes. Amazing. Okay, it's really cool. A lot of like people who became stars later. Imagine that, putting a bunch of funny, talented people on a show, and then you put it on like Sundays at 7 o'clock, and it didn't get a lot of viewers. Fuck you, Fox. Freaks and Geeks. I think it might have been on ABC or NBC, but still... Fox probably has something to do with it being canceled. <laughs> Fuck you, Fox. And then, guys, everyone, go to Hulu right now and watch The Gifted. It's a cool show. It's like an X-Men spinoff. It's good. It doesn't have great numbers. It might get canceled unless you watch it. So be the viewer that you want to see in the world, <laughs> listeners, okay? And go watch some like niche shows about some weird stuff or else – me and my dad are going to be forced to buy it on DVD and watch it and talk about it later. Let's get six seasons in a movie. Come on. I don't see how Firefly is a is in the Petardar for this episode, although I love Firefly. Firefly is one of my favorite shows, and I cannot wait until we get to jump into Firefly. No, I'm saying because I watched Firefly when it was on Fox. They put it on Tuesday nights at 9. Then they moved it to Friday nights at 8, and they didn't advertise it. I knew about it because I was a huge Buffy head. And it was like, whoa, there's a new Western uh, set in space by Joss Whedon. And I was like, fuck yeah, sign me up. And I watched the shit out of it. And it got low ratings. And they canceled it. Fuck you, Fox. That's why Firefly's on there. And they canceled Arrested Development. Cut before it's time. Yeah. As was Wonderfalls. Not really, but. Not, yeah, not, not so much. Short, short-lived t- television shows. But these are better. The ones you listed are much better, Drew. <laughs> Although I've never seen Firefly. You're gonna. I think it's on our hit list, isn't it, Drew? It is. I believe that uh, Dylan or Nick requested it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's going to be a good one. What's on your petard, Jimbo? Can I recommend a show that I've never seen? <laughs> yes. Hmm. I'm going to go with Steve's Quantum Leap and Early Edition. I kind of remember Early Edition, but not enough to really recommend it. So I'm I'm going to go off of Steve's recommendation and the premise for that show is excellent at least i love the premise for early edition i do i do remember liking it but i was pretty young when uh, when it came out in quantum leap i probably saw when i was younger as well but but i don't recall it but i think both of those shows would be good for someone that maybe liked or didn't like wonderfalls all right never seen either of those i can't think of i can't think of anything to add to the patardar mystical shows that are but terrible it doesn't have to be terrible. It, it, it could be a well-done mysticism. It could be what you want Wonderfalls to be. Well, okay. I kind of got into uh, Once Upon a Time, Brothers Grimm, and Once Upon a Time. And it's like, it's like Grimm, Brothers Grimm stories. Nice. Quick note, Jimbo watched Quantum Leap recently within the last year and a half. It holds up. Nice. Was it also Fox? Mm, I feel like it was CBS. Oh, that, who knows? That was that was like pre-Fox, I think. Even Fox was disreputable. Hey, Quantum Leap. I just looked it up. It had a good run, eighty-nine to ninety-three. Well, Quantum Quantum Leap wasn't short-lived. Quantum Leap, like I listed shows that were short-lived. Jimbo right. listed shows that were just weird mysticism. And yeah, early edition was two seasons, and Quantum Leap was like five. I think Jimbo was just talking about like. If you want mysticism and some cool concepts done right. So, Mo, what do we got next week? Okay, next week. Is it episode 12? God damn it, Mo. You need to start listening to our show. Okay, sorry. (laughs) But why? (laughs) (laughs) Mo, 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 say what you want to say. Be like, next week, episode three, because that's my third episode and the show's only count. Yeah, you know what? But why is it episode 12 if it's pilot? Because we've done no, 11 it's episodes. Hour 12, it's our 12th episode, 12 though. Episode. Oh. 
<laughs> you don't have to say the episode. I thought it was going to no, be episode 12 of The Shield. <laughs> I was like, this is throwing me off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we normally say episodes. Do not edit this, Jimbo. Keep this. <laughs> oh, God. This is gold. It's our 12th episode. That's what I how I would have written that. Our 12th episode, The Shield. We're going to review the pilot of The Shield. From requested from Dilly Dilly, did I say it right? Sure did. <laughs> God damn it, Mo. <laughs> Mo, I love the ways that you could tell that like B Mills has listened to every episode, and he's gonna be like, Mo, didn't you listen to the like episode where the shop talk they talked about Dilly Dilly for five minutes? No, we probably talked about Dilly Dilly for ten minutes because we've talked about him multiple times, and, we're, and I'm going to talk about him again once Mo's finished telling us what's going on next week. <laughs> so Dilly Dilly, thank you for that. And available this uh, the Shield pilots available on Hulu or at your local library. Click here to see our following weeks. Check the show notes. Come on, Mo. God Who's that actor that shows up for a commercial and just has like no idea what the hell's going on? And they're just like reading every little thing on the sign. I, I was like, what is this the toothpaste commercial? I got it. I got it. I'm going to improvise most lines. Oh. Shit. Yeah, dude. Nice. Well, it makes me feel up. better about you know, calling everyone up. viewers, mixing up what year Wonderfalls and Earl came out, you know? <laughs> oh, my bad my bad yeah. <laughs> okay nice. so really dilly 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 late for, late for, for mo dilly dilly if you're out there and you're still listening to us we would like to know who you are reach out man or ma'am yeah, yeah. or they I'd, or they i'd love to hear I, i'd love Could to hear be. from dylan dillerson dylan dillerson sounds like a great guy or or dillyanna dillerson great lady for the day uh, okay we got plugs jimbo closing music is a track called alive remixed by entheos and you can hear the full song with lyrics on soundcloud and you can follow entheos on facebook the ad background music was mixed by jake drew who you can find on youtube links to both of these artists can be found on the website or in the show notes and if you want to continue any of these conversations, if you have something to say about the mental illness, the portrayal of Native Americans, or any other aspect of this show, Steve, if you want to defend the show, hop on the website pilotsandpetards.com and click on a comment and we can continue this talk. Yep. And if you want to have a short talk with GIFs and go 248 characters, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Pilots and Petards. I, I do some live tweeting about when I watch the show with my wife, Tori. Uh, I watch the show with my daughter, Emma, this this time. She didn't have a lot to say. Uh, but you know what? We, we didn't have a lot of good things to say either. So maybe she just knew. Maybe I had to struggle with it, but Emma knew. So follow us on Twitter. And Mo, talk to us about the Insta. Oh, yeah. Instagram. Follow us on Instagram pilots and and is spelled out a and d petards and comment like us follow us we're awesome we are pleasant and listeners if you can't tell by the music the show is officially over but if you love us as much as we love us we're going to stick around for a few more minutes and drew is going to read us a review from joe girl so we got we got a five-star review from joe girl on sunday and it says, I am enjoying your podcast as a new subscriber. I've only listened to a few, but the ones I heard make me want to continue with more. I love the Seventh Heaven show you did. It was a show from my childhood that I watched occasionally. It was pretty funny to hear your points of view on it, and I laughed out loud several times. Not only do I enjoy listening to see if I want to watch something again, I really enjoy learning more about the hosts each week, which keeps me coming back. I should listen to this more often, maybe even instead of music. I love the part about Tori teaching the triples to sit, stay, and roll over. Every time I think of that, I smile. I enjoy your show and the everyday real life that you bring into it. Some ideas for pilots would be Married with Children, Roseanne, Home Improvement, Saved by the Bell, NCIS, or Blacklist. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you, Joe Girl. That was cool. 
So Joe Girl is my sister, sister-in-law, but sister. And so she, uh, you know, finally got her to listen. She had good things to say. Thanks, Joe Girl. And great recommendations. Okay, Mo, we're going to choose one of these shows and we're going to add it to our next. So I think you should choose one of of Joe Girl's recommendations. I'll read them again. Married with Children, Roseanne, Home Improvement, Saved by the Bell, NCIS, or Blacklist. I have a verification question about Saved by the Bell. This is hard because I want to kind of steer us away from these kind of like family dramas and, and pick NCIS. Okay, that's fine. But I really like Married with Children and Roseanne. Yeah, I think we'd go either way. I will say this, Mo. Married with Children was like forbidden in my home. It was. That show was taboo. Really? Interesting. Yeah, and like HBO raised me, so like nothing was really off limits, but then my parents were like, don't watch that show. Why? That made me want to watch it all the more. Okay, then that makes me want to pick Married with Children. Okay. Jimbo, do you want to say anything about any other shows? I have no idea what Blacklist is. But uh, yeah, no, Married Mary with Children sounds good. And, and I think we definitely will get to Roseanne at some point and Saved by the Bell. Like Those are definitely going to be either requested or, or we're going to eventually do those shows. You're going to add all of them to the hit list, right? No. Uh, we usually give a review one. Oh, okay. I have a short list of, of shows that I want to do. And if by short, I mean like probably 10 or 15. <laughs> and you can see it on our website. So if you're if you're curious about what Jimbo wants to do in the future, and if Mo and Drew's lazy ass ever, you know, collaborate a little bit and give me their bios or <laughs> their hit list, I will add that to the website as well. And you can see what they're thinking. Uh, Drew is very aware that his bio calls him out as a Dawson Cyclops hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> and... As long as it's acknowledged that it's like two-thirds Cyclops to one-third <laughs> Dawson 10, if not five years ago, I'm fine with that staying my bio. I could be the mysterious podcast member. Because okay. when you listen to a podcast for a long time, it's cool when you learn about their personal lives because you're like, oh, oh, they let it slip. So I can be mysterious. Fair. I'm cool with that. You're very much out there, Drew. We, we're, we're no longer Andying over here. We're definitely Drew. Yeah, Andy didn't work, viewers. Sorry, listeners, as you can tell. Oh, that was good. That was a good episode. Hey, by the way, Jimbo, you got you 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 took a few punches this episode. You took some bottles. It makes me feel better about you guys shitting on me during the Dawson's Creek episode. <laughs> oh yeah, man. We didn't shit on you that much. Well, you edited some shit out. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, you let you edit some stuff out of this episode too. There's there's some there's some punching on old Jimbo. I wouldn't say it's punching down, but I would say there's some punching. Hey, I hey, I can take punches. Yeah, That's fine. I'm very sensitive. Watch out how you treat me. I made an ass of myself. Are you gonna cut it out? <laughs> no, dude, Mo, you're sustained. <laughs> that shit is gold. Very funny. <laughs> oh, I I, I kind of wish we spent more time. I'm trying to figure out how to meme that part from the Dawson's Creek episode where you didn't get that they were talking about masturbation. I do not. I'm really trying to figure out how to oh, yeah. what I mean. <laughs> the closest I've come to it is like, go to like minute, one minute and eight seconds to listen to Mona and not get the masturbation joke. It's not organic. It's not working well, but I thought that was hilarious. And I'm glad Jimbo did not edit it out. Yeah. We should have drawn more attention to it. I regret that. I think it's funny to like too that, that, that Mo just doesn't even know what's going <laughs> on in, like in the show. <laughs> I, I I would maybe even like to do like an episode and then Mo do, like Mo doesn't even watch it and she just tries to like jump in and pretend like she knows what's going on and we like just like totally bust her like five or ten minutes into it. It's like Mo, did you even watch this polish? Like you guys are just really busy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that could very likely be a reality once this episode up. You watch like the first five and the last five or something? We're gonna eventually bust her. Oh IMDB my shit actively oh, googling oh, oh yeah <laughs> or like she's watching it while we're talking about it <laughs> yeah she's like don't you feel like the credits were shitty i feel like there's a lot of stuff going on the first the opening credits let's talk about only the opening credits <laughs> the high points low points and mvps like i did not like the font i don't like the font where they showed people's names it was offensive <laughs> 
I'm going to plug Poop Culture. It is a podcast. It's a comedy podcast. I was a guest on their show today. I, I'm not sure when it's going to air, but it, so so I double dipped today. So if you if you are interested in a comedy like pop culture, it's a uh, the hosts are a bit older than me, so so they made a lot of like 80s references and I don't get all of them, but they dude, these guys know every movie, every actor by their name quoting movies so if you're really into movies and pop culture check out poop culture they are a pretty funny group of white guys drew i think you would would probably fit in with them a lot better than i do oh that's a backhanded compliment i can't imagine you james like naming or jimbo naming off uh people's like quoting celebrities and knowing what's going on in pop culture no i don't i know i was out of my league and then and then to make matters worse I think they thought they were doing me a favor. So the episode was worst pilot. And I think they did that because our podcast is about pilots. So I, th- I think they thought they were like giving me a handout. And listeners, if I if I haven't said this before, I think I have. I do not watch TV. The only, the only television I've watched since I started this podcast 11 weeks ago is Punisher. So I do not watch stuff. So like me trying to come up with the worst pilots was really tough. Dawson Creek is still on the house. <laughs> It's a good show. Where, where, what part are you at? Like, what's happening? Remind me. I don't know. Like, I, I like it on in the background. Tori is, like, devouring it. And it's making her real happy. So, uh, God bless you, um, good for her. Dawson's Creek. You're making, you're making someone happy. And Tori's a very good person. She got me Hamilton tickets today. So, fuck yeah. I love her. So, I love Dawson. Yeah, well, no, I love, love Dawson's Creek. Style. Ah, you're going to make fun of me, Jimbo. You love Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That one's not getting edited, sir. I know. I'm like, I'm like, I don't edit the show. All right. Yeah, I'm out. All right. I think I'm good. Mo, what do we say? Every day we hoistling Jimbo out. Every day we hoistling Mo out. <laughs> Every day we hoistling Drew out. I'm a mess. It's too late. I'm sleepy. I think I'm just camping.